Hey, you're listening to Blue Jean Church's podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To learn more about Blue Jean Church in Selma, Alabama, visit us at www.bluejeanselma.com. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Let's just open in prayer real quick. Father, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. Father, this is your time just to um, do, Father. And Father, open our eyes that we would know that we are your sons and daughters, that we have an inheritance in you. Lord, may we not leave today without a a shift in the way we think and the way we operate and the way we believe. Lord, it's one thing to to talk about your truth and your word, but it's another thing to experience it. So we thank you for for our identity, whether we knew it or not before coming in today, that we are, by your blood, called to be sons and daughters of God. And we thank you for, for everything that you paid for in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, wh- one thing that I felt like when I was praying and when we were worshiping, it's, there, is a, there is a difference between knowing about the Word of God and experiencing the Word of God. And usually what happens is many folks do not experience the Word of God, many believers. It's not because they're not going into heaven or getting to heaven. It's because they don't realize that the Word of God is actually an inheritance for you. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, the Word of God is a promise not to be experienced one day in heaven, but to be operated in the here and now. So when God speaks a truth to you, it is your inheritance, and God fully expects for us to operate and to receive it and to enjoy it now. I want to share something just to to begin with in Ephesians. This is Ephesians 1 if you want to go to it. It's in verse 11. And while you're going there, I'm just setting you up for a principle in Scripture that is so key that I think if you grab it today, it's going to change the way you operate It's going to change the way you see yourself in the Lord. But verse 11 says, In him, in Jesus Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise to the praise of his glory. There is a reality that when Jesus went into heaven, he gave an inheritance to the church. He gave, the Apostle Paul calls it the riches of heaven, the abundance of grace. Matter of fact, in Romans it says, those who have received the abundance of grace will rule and reign in this lifetime. And we just came through a season, by the way, we, 2020 was a season. It's not lasting forever. We're coming on the backside of that season. Everybody happy about that? Anybody want to go through 220 again? Go through the year 220? I do not. But it's important this morning that we capture this this truth because when you go through a season like the year 2020, if if we're not careful, we'll believe that that's how things are always going to be. Or we'll start losing hope that things aren't going to get better. But the good news is, is that Jesus Christ has called us not to respond to circumstances, 
but to speak to storms so that the storms will shift. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus went into a storm, he never waited for the storm to get over? He, the disciples were in the boat. They waited for the storm to get over. But Jesus walked on the water or spoke to the storm, and the storm became peace. Because Jesus realized that he was a son. He was the son of God and that he had an inheritance and that he operated in this thing called a spirit of faith. We're going to look at that in a moment. He had a spirit of faith. If, if you, I asked the Lord if this is okay to change this a bit. A spirit of faith is also an attitude of faith. There's a difference. See, that word faith today becomes, there's, it's been, in some circles, it's been misaligned because we think faith is something that we push. It's like an emergency button that we push when things go wrong and we pull out faith to get us out of trouble. Or if we believe, we need, some people say, believe for this, or I'm believing for that. But how many of you know that the spirit of faith is not an emergency button, but it is a lifestyle of believing? It's a lifestyle where you, when circumstances come your way that are, that are against you, you don't, believe or you don't believe that you have to succumb to them, but it's just a challenge. See, the enemy will challenge you to see what you do in the storm. He will challenge you. And the, the Lord will literally wait and watch to see if you walk in a spirit of faith or you walk in a spirit of fear. The opposite of the spirit of faith is the spirit of fear. Because when the disciples were in the boat, they were in a spirit of fear. But when Jesus spoke to the storm, he operated in a spirit of faith. And then he looked at his disciples and said, why are you so filled with fear? He was basically saying, you can do this too. But the whole point is that we have to capture the fact that we are called to be sons and daughters of God. Jesus came to give us an inheritance so that we can operate in the same spirit of faith as he does. You know why? Because it's not us doing it, but it's him doing it through us. See, the Christian faith is not about you trying harder to do what Jesus did. The spirit of faith, the, the, the Christian faith is yielding. It's just yielding to what the Holy Spirit wants to do through you. Because you're a son and daughter and you're also his vessel. Are y'all, y'all catching that? Okay, go with me to 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to throw a lot at you, but I do want you to capture this. We're going to look at verse 13. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. It's talking about the spirit of faith that Jesus had. Jesus believed. He believed that he was the son of God. He believed that he had inheritance from the Father. He believed that the power of God through the Holy Spirit was given to him. And so when he came into the storm, he spoke to the storm and the storm became peaceful. See, you believe first, then you speak. 
So Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Have you ever noticed that when you're around a group of people, you can tell what they believe by what is coming out of their, their mouth, right? And so the Lord says that when we believe, when, when he gives us a promise and we believe that promise, we fill our heart with that promise, no matter what circumstances say, we believe that promise, we begin to speak what's in our heart. And then the atmosphere changes, right? I mean, think about Peter when Peter was in the boat. You know, Peter gets a lot of flack, but he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out to, the, come out to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. The rest of the disciples were in the boat. Nobody gives them any flack, do they? They always get on Peter because Peter walked three steps on the water and then got afraid and sank. But before he got afraid, he was operating in the spirit of faith, wasn't he? But when he began to fear, he began to sink. And so Jesus goes into a village, and there is a, this is all preliminary, by the way. This is just a, a preliminary to what we're going to get into. So Jesus heals a demoniac man that was filled with 2,000 demons. His name was Legion. And the people of the town is actually a Gentile village. You remember this? Who here remembers that story? Okay. Jesus drives out the demons into a, and tells them to go into a, a herd of pigs and they run down the hill. And it says that the village comes out to see this man. Now they knew this man lived in the tombs and was filled with with. With demons, they had tried to bound him up by chains, and nothing happened. They, he'd break the chains. He was cut himself with stones. He ran through the tombs at night, yelling and screaming, creating havoc. And the village people were fine with it. They gotten used to it. I mean, as long as he's out in the cemetery and doing his thing, we're fine. That's just old Jack. He's got some issues. We're gonna leave him out here on the outskirts of town. But when Jesus comes and heals him and drives the demons out. It says that the man is in his right mind clothed and sitting at Jesus' feet. And the village people come out and they see this man sitting at Jesus' feet who had the 2,000 demons in him. And it says that the village people were afraid. Now they weren't afraid when he was filled with demons. They're afraid because the man is healed and the power of God was showing up, had showed up. And guess what they did? Instead of asking Jesus to stay, they said they were afraid, so they asked him to leave. Isn't that wild? Because they weren't operating in a spirit of faith. They were operating in a spirit of fear, and they told the Savior of the world to leave. Are y'all catching this? So what we see is that it wasn't just the demoniac man that needed deliverance. The whole community needed deliverance because they were under a spirit of fear. That's another story for another time. But the whole community needed deliverance because they're in a spirit of fear. But the good news is that we are believers called to be, called to walk into a spirit of faith. I'm going to show this to you. There's, there's this interesting truth. It's a scripture, or it's actually a, a, um, a saying that Jesus said over three times throughout the scriptures, and we're going to look at it this morning. Go with me to, to Matthew 25. Matthew 
we're going to look at the, the parable of the talents, and I wanted to get into uh, most of it this morning because there's a there's a this is the heart of what what we want to see today. Matthew twenty five fourteen. Jesus tells this parable. He says, for the kingdom of heaven, notice that he says the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about how heaven operates. For the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave ten, five talents and to another two and to another one, to, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with him and made another five talents. And likewise, he who received the two gained two more. But he who had received the one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. We're going to break this down, but basically the Lord gives who in this, in this script, in this passage is Jesus himself. He gives each of his servants different talents according to their ability. He gave one servant five, one servant two, and one servant one talent. And then he comes to settle an account with them. Which, by the way, although it may not sound very fair, you know that the Lord calls us all to be accountable to him. And we do have to give an account for what he's given us. So check this. Go to the next path, the next verse here. Verse 20 says, So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also who had received the two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well, do, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. And catch this, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground look there you have what is yours back but the lord answered and said to him you wicked and lazy servant you knew that i reap where i've not sown and gather where i've not scattered seed so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming i have would have received back my own with interest so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents for to everyone catch this for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So as the passage goes, the one with the five talents went out and traded and made five more talents. The one with the two talents went out and traded and gained two more talents. But the one who got the one talent went and hid the talent and was afraid. And, you know, you would think that the Lord would come back and in this passage would be compassionate and say, they're there, okay, we know you're afraid. Get the, okay, you got the one talent. You know, you can keep it. No, he said, take the one talent and give it to the one that has five talents that multiplied the ten talents. Give it to him. And then he says, for him who has more will be given 
and he will have an abundance. But he who does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. Watch. This, is a, this, this principle, this, this spirit of faith principle is throughout the whole scripture. When you and I take the word of God and we believe the word of God, it begins to produce fruit in our life. This passage, result, this, this saying that Jesus talked about, for he who has more will be given, who, he who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him, is throughout the rest of the, the scriptures, and it's, it is actually in between the parable of the sower and the seed. So Jesus, when he gives you the word of God, and you begin to believe the word of God, it begins to produce fruit in your life, and you begin to have an abundance, because the word of God is mysterious in a way. Because when you put your faith, the spirit of faith inside of it, it begins to give you an abundance, not just for you, but for those that are around you. But when you and I have this word of God preached to us, and we go, we don't believe that. Oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. And a spirit of fear comes in. Even what we have is taken Think about that for a minute. The one, the servant that had the one talent, he had to have something because the Lord said, he who has, he who does not have. So we know that he's not talking about what's in his hand. We're talk, Jesus is talking about what's in his heart. See, the spirit of faith, even though you may not have something in your hand, your heart is full of faith. And the Lord says, you have. You have the ability to produce an abundance because the word of God is, and you believing the word of God is what the spirit of faith is all about. But when your heart or my heart is filled with doubt or fear, even what we've tried to hold on to gets taken away. You know, that, that's a principle that even the world knows that doesn't know Jesus. Whenever we're trying to hold on to something, Right? We just got to hold on to this. If we just hold on to this, it's going to get better, and we can save this thing for a rainy day. It may be a money thing. It may be a person. It may be a job. It may be something that you're holding on to. But if you hold on to it, Jesus says it, and you, because when you hold or I hold on to something in fear, Jesus says even what you have, will be the enemy, the enemy will come, and he will take it away. He'll take it away. But here's the good news. When we operate in a spirit of faith, right, and we just give, we just give it away. We have, we give it away. We have, we give it away. It doesn't even have to be in your hand. It could be something that's in your heart. It may be a word of encouragement. You just have it, you give it away. You have it, you give it away. It may be something that God has given you. You have it, you give it away. You're not holding on to it. Here's what's wonderful about the kingdom. God sees that and goes, I'm just not going to give them what's in their hand. I'm going to give them more and more and more so they have an abundance. You see how that works? The reason it's so important is because 2020 was a year where people said, we got to hold on to this, right? Think about all the things that people have held on to in 2020. We got to hold on to this health. We got to hold on to our money. We got to hold on to this job. We're afraid we're going to lose this, so we got to put this over here. But that's the way the world operates in a spirit of fear. But Jesus never operated that way. He never operated that way. 
Even if Jesus didn't have it in his hand, he still believed he had it. Let me say that again. Even if Jesus didn't have it in his hand, he still believed he had it. Why? Because he knew he had an inheritance from heaven, and whatever he needed to give away at that time, it would be available to give away. Think about this. Remember when Jesus said, for whoever has, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. He who does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. Watch how this principle works. So Jesus fed the 5,000, right? And then he went and fed the 4,000. If you look at the life of Jesus, miracles that he did would only increase over the life of three and a half years. And some of you would be going, Dane, 5,000 or 4,000 is a decrease. It seems that way, but actually it's an increase. Jesus fed 5,000 people. They were all Jews. When he came to, came to feed the 4,000, they were all Gentiles. The expansion of the miracle not just touched the Jewish world, but it came over into the Gentile world too. It expanded. Jesus healed Jairus' daughter. She was dead when he got to the room and said, she's not, she's not, she's not dead, she's sleeping. And the whole room laughed at him. He kicked them all out and said, Jared, to Jairus' daughter, rise, little girl. And then he went on to what? Raise Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was dead, dead as could be. He was so dead that they put him in the tomb. And Martha, his sister, said, don't, don't disturb him. Don't raise him from the dead. He's already stinking. Don't remove the stone. He already stinks. But he raises Lazarus from the dead to the point they have to take his grave clothes off of him. And then the third miracle is that Jesus rose from the dead himself by the Holy Spirit so that you and I could be saved and that hell could be defeated. You see how the miracle expanded over his life. For whoever has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. If Jesus operated in it, how much more do we have to operate in it? Are y'all here? You guys okay? Go with me real quick to Luke 8. We're actually going to look at the same exact saying again, or truth again. All right, Luke 8. So let's start in verse 16. It says, no one, no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing in secret that will not be revealed, for there is nothing in secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to the light. Watch this. Verse 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. 
Why does he say, take heed how you hear? Because right before that, he tells them the parable of the sower. And the sower sows the seed. And Jesus said the seed was the word of God. Romans 10 says that 1017 says, says, for faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So then Jesus says, take heed or beware or be careful, be diligent about what you hear. For whoever has, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has or she has will be taken from him. See, the Lord speaks truth to us with his word. And it says that we can even have faith just by hearing it. The ability to hear comes by faith from God's word. And when we grab it, we hold on to it, we believe it. The parable of the sower says it just begins to produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. But see, the enemy also operates on the same principle. What does he do? He speaks lies, right? And when we believe lies, wherever they come from, if we hold on to that lie, the enemy will use that to come and take from us out of the spirit of fear. Have you ever noticed that? The Lord speaks truth, and when we believe that truth and hold on to that truth, it multiplies and produces fruit. That's why in John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come to give you life. And not just life, but life more abundantly. You see how that operates? He starts with life, but he doesn't just give you life. He gives you more abundant life as you hold on to it. As you believe God's word, you hold on to it, and it just produces life, and not just life, but an abundance of life. Because, see, he wants to overflow you and I so much that we, have, we don't have room for it anymore. We have to give it away. We have to give it away. And the wild thing about giving in God's kingdom, as you give away, he just gives more. And you give away, and he just gives more. And you're trying to give it away, and you can't give it away because there's so much, right? Y'all, are y'all with me? But it also says, but the thief comes to steal kill, and destroy. Do you see the progression? So the enemy wants to steal first. And as we allow him to steal, he says, now I'm going to come to kill. And as we allow him to come to kill, he comes to destroy. Do you see the progression? For whoever has, more will be given, but he who does not... For whoever has, more will be given. But who does not have, even what they have will be taken from him or her. It's incredibly important that we believe what God says. And remember, we started this entire message this morning talking about identity and inheritance. Because the church the body of believers, the sons and daughters of God, have been given authority to put an end to the enemy's activity. Let me say that again. 
the church, you and I, the sons and daughters of God, have been given the authority by Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, by his power working in us and through us, to put an end to the enemy's activity. It's, it's so important that we capture that. That's why in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, casting down all arguments. Have you noticed that? Where the enemy will come, when he comes, he comes usually by a thought, doesn't he? He comes with a thought. And that thought may look good or sound good, but the thought may be very dark. The thought that you and I have, just because you have a thought that's a dark thought or a lie, doesn't mean it's your thought. You know, the enemy cannot, you know that, that Satan cannot, he cannot read your mind. Can't read, he's not all-knowing. But he can put thoughts in your mind and make you believe that, you're, that they're your own thoughts. Let me say that again. The enemy can't read your mind. But he can put thoughts in your mind and make you believe that those are your thoughts. But here's what's so amazing. He has no rule over you anyway. He's not over you anyway. He's under you through the power of Jesus Christ in you. Satan was not the co-equal of Jesus Christ. Remember that. Satan, even when he was operating in his fullest extent before Jesus died, operated as the highest archangel, the highest archangel for the demonic. He was the equivalent of the archangel Michael, not the equivalent of, the Ar- of Jesus Christ himself. That's why I think I've shared this before. There's a, great, there's a, there's a horrible painting out there, actually. I can't stand it, but it's in Christian bookstores where they have, have you ever seen the one where Jesus and Satan are arm wrestling? Have you ever seen that one? It's the worst painting ever. Like you read it, people look at it and go, yeah, look at that arm wrestling match. That's not even close to being how it is. The enemy is a defeated foe. Much has changed since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You are now sons and daughters of God filled with the presence of Jesus himself so that you could be a person, a son and daughter, in a combined fellowship or community. See, the reason why we're talking about this is that our city needs to see the body of Christ move out with the kingdom of God and start saying no to the kingdom of darkness. Not to hide, but to advance. I want to end on this thought. The reason why the the master in the parable expected an increase from his servants that the talents, when he gave him the talents, the reason why he expected the increase, and he was so mad at the, talent, the, the servant that buried it in the ground, is because the kingdom of God only knows increase. It only knows advancement. It only knows abundance. That's why when Jesus is calling you into something, he usually doesn't give you, if he's calling you into a new project or a new place or a new plan, he usually doesn't give you the million-dollar bank investment right from the beginning. But he does give you his word. 
And as you walk, the abundance flows. Because it's not about what's in your hand, it's what's in your heart. Because what's in your heart, if it's faith, the spirit of faith, the abundance will follow. Let's stand, y'all. Let's pray, y'all. Let's just, if you feel comfortable, put out your hands to receive. Jesus, we thank you for you. Father, this is rich this morning. But, Lord, if you operate in the, the principle of faith, the spirit of faith, and the abundance, Father, we decide, we declare, we believe, we receive that same spirit of faith, Father. Lord, I just speak no to every lie of the enemy. Father, we thank you for the good things we learned in 2020, but we've declared, Father, that we're moving forward in 2021 and are expecting and believing even now that good things and better things are to come. So we thank you, Jesus, for your love. Father, we break off every slant and every curse of disappointment and lack of hope, and Father, we declare encouragement, encouragement and vision and power and abundance, Lord. Father, may the abundance, the, just the faith for the abundance that you called from your word begin to flow every Thanks heart. Thanks for now. listening to today's podcast. Amen. We hope this message has equipped and inspired you to transform people, your community, and the world through the love and power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're from Selma or anywhere you're listening from, we'd love to hear from you. Visit us online at www.bluejeanselma.com.